Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love kids' books and we know that you do too. I'm Neve Bennett and today I chatted to the wonderfully magical Catherine Doyle who tells us all about conquering her fear of the ocean, her latest book and she's got excellent tips for all you writers out there. We've got stories, reviews but first I chatted to some of our listeners via Zoom to find out what is their favourite book. My favourite book I'm really into Dork Diaries maybe because it's really relatable and it's like She's writing in a diary and you're just reading it. And you can sometimes relate to her and it's really funny as well. Or maybe like Married Towers. I like the ones with like the girls and kind of drama. I like that. Harry Potter. And I'm in the middle of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It's a great book. I really like it. It just brings you to a different world in lockdown. You're like, oh, I'm on Dryak and Alley. Ooh, I'm at Hogwarts. Ooh. I'm a seeker in Quidditch, stuff like that. I like Gryffindor. I like it because like everyone's good there um, and Malfoy just annoys people, so I don't like Slytherin. Ravenclaw sounds weird. And so like Gryffindor is the one I like. My favorite book series is probably a series called the Gone series, which has a three book trilogy follow-up to the story. I like them because I just like the storyline and the characters and I think it's just a good book series all around. There's this book called Sleep Tight Little Bear and it's when this little bear with his daddy bear he founds a cave and wants to sleep there for the night but he starts missing his dad so he climbs back to home. books it's time for we love reviews first up eight-year-old luca tells us about the book super happy magic forest and the portals of panic by matty long try saying that one fast three times hi my name is luca conan this book is called super happy magic forest it is from matty long it is a fantastical fiction book it is about a gorgul coming out from portals i liked it because it was interesting I would give it an 8 out of 10. The characters were Hoofus, Blossom, Twinkle, Herbert, Trevor, Glomadolf, Timothy, Two Hats, Rodrigo, Four Hats, Barnabas, Five Hats, Maggie, Three Hats, and Wispop. I adored the ending because everything just came out right and perfectly. I think the book would be good for 6 or 7 years old who like wizards and who haven't read Harry Potter yet. Bye! Thanks, Luca. Next, it's over to Luca's sister, Nina, who is 10, and she read Willow Wild Thing and the Dragon's Egg by Jill Lewis. Let's see what Nina thought. Hi, my name is Nina. I read Willow Wild Thing and the Dragon's Egg by Jill Lewis. This is a fantastic fiction book. It is about Willow and her friends Raven, Fox, Hare, Sniff, Mouse and Bear saving River Camp from the Barkskins. 
This is a fantastic adventure for Willow and her friends, from the start to the end. I would recommend this book for seven to twelve years old. I liked about it was the way Jill Lewis put the adventure, and the way all the problems were different. If you already read some of the Jill Lewis books, most of them are about real live animals. Then in this book, it's about fake animals like a dragon. Bye. Now on We Love Books, it's time for our interview with a featured author, and today that author is Catherine Doyle, who has just released the third part of her Stormkeepers trilogy, the Stormkeepers Battle. I had a lot of questions for Catherine, such as, how does she know when an idea is the right idea for a book? What's her top writing tip? And what was her childhood like growing up in Galway? The answer to your question is rainy. Quite yeah. rainy, <laughs> but one of the things I think that was really cool about my childhood is like the the sea, how near the sea is, like particularly the, the Salt Hill Prom. I come from a family of sort of like, um, like my granddad is, was a sea captain for 60 years and a lot of my relatives are, they kind of work on lifeboats or with the sea in some way. So it was definitely a huge part of my upbringing. Like my mom and I would go at least once a week, if not more, to walk along the Salt Hill Prom and look out at the sea and sort of... Um, be in touch with nature a little bit I suppose is the best way to put it and I think like at the time as a child I didn't really notice how cool that was or how lucky I was like to be near such a beautiful part of Ireland but definitely like growing up and and as I sit down to write more and more I find that those little parts of my childhood are massively inspirational to me now and so much of what I write now is about like the sea and storms and like the magic of weather so definitely like the main thing that comes to mind is the closeness and the fierceness of Irish weather and um, how kind of wild and magical that is. And I think the other thing that's cool about Galway is it's just massively creative. Like we've got like, um, it's really musical, it's really artistic. We have a lot of arts festivals and books festivals, which is really cool. And growing up around that, I feel like I just like absorbed creativity as I got older. And are you a sea swimmer? No, <laughs> I'm actually like, so for years, like years and years and years, I was actually really terrified of the sea, like really scared of it. So I, I'm a swimmer, like I went to swimming lessons for years and years and years, like I'm a confident swimmer, but I was really afraid of the sea. So a couple of years ago when I was traveling, I, I decided like I needed to conquer this fear because it was really, it's kind of embarrassing to come from like a seafaring family and be really like afraid of getting in the sea. So I took up scuba diving lessons. I was in Bali, so it was like really nice. It was like warm, the water was warm, but I, I, I just took up and I went, so until I was like 18 meters underwater, and when I got under the sea, I realized that everything down there is really still and really peaceful. And you're almost like in this calm, other eerie, other world. And I realize it's not the sea that scares me. It's just the wind and the waves. And like, once I figure that out now, I'm much more amenable to going in the sea. Um, but obviously the Irish, the Atlantic Ocean is so cold. So um, yeah. I wouldn't like you rushing down there every week by any means. And what type of kid were you cast? I'd say I was kind of a nerd. So I have two brothers, one older. And they um, were always kind of, fighting play fighting and fighting and like kind of rolling around and getting dirty and scheming and I was always like in the middle as like the, I think the calmer one and so I always just loved you know from a young age like genuinely I loved books and I remember we go to the library once once a fortnight or once a week and um, I take like two or three books back and uh, once a year they would do this thing called the MS readathon and it was like if you yeah. read like x amount of books you get like a prize 
And I remember my older brother and I would we'd go to the library every week to like top up so we could like get a prize. And once you read a book, you tick it off and you say, I've read this book and then you count up your books. And I remember my older brother just cheated. He just said, yeah, I've read like 70 books and he didn't read a single book. Whereas I was the child that was like, no, I have to read it cover to cover. Otherwise it doesn't count. So I think I was um, probably a little bit, a little bit quieter than my brother is a little bit more introspective um, and, and probably more creative and definitely more into like books and movies and stories. When you were doing all of that, are there any books that stand out to you from your own childhood that you absolutely loved? Oh yeah, loads. I, I will say like, I think the most formative book that I discovered when I was younger was Artemis Fowl. The reason Artemis Fowl I think was so powerful or, or had such a huge effect is I think it was about 11 when I discovered it in, um, in the local library. And I was just blown away by the fact it was an Irish, like an Irish kid doing cool, magical Irish things. Because up until that point, a lot of what I had been reading set in Ireland was kind of like historical stuff. And some of the books were a little bit sad or they were a little bit, um, you know, like Under the Hawthorne Tree is a beautiful book by Marita Conlon and McKenna. But I had never read a, um, like a contemporary current book that was just really cool. Um, and I thought, oh, that's amazing. So, you know, Irish kids can, can get down with magic as well. And then, you know, own call for being an Irish author. I think that was the first time I thought maybe I could grow up and be an author you know it's it's not actually not impossible so that had a huge I think effect on my on my journey to becoming a, a reader and a writer I'd say and when you were younger did you always want to be a writer or did you have other ideas yeah I think growing up I had like three goals I either wanted to be uh, a writer I really wanted to be in, an interior designer as well those were like my two competing goals and then also um, or a psychologist um, so those are like the three things. And I think as I got older, I started to think that the writing actually wasn't, it was more like uh, a pipe dream. Like I could, it wasn't possible to become a, a writer. So that kind of fell by the wayside. I wasn't like artistic enough to be an interior decorator. Like I didn't really have the skills for that, just the ambition. And so I went to college first when I was 17 and I did psychology. And I just discovered that there was a lot of math there are a lot of mathematics involved in psychology, which was a nasty surprise. <laughs> and after I did a degree in that, I kind of realized, you know what, I think I should try writing because I couldn't leave it behind. I couldn't leave like that love behind. That is a huge leap from writing as a pipe dream to I am an incredibly successful author. How would you describe the jump from I you know, could never be an author to I am a successful author, even in the process in your head? How do you learn to believe in yourself in that way? That's a good question. Um, I think what's really interesting for me is if people look at the idea of writing a book and, and see it as this huge mountain that's unclimbable. And definitely for me, I, I couldn't see the step between, you know, writing a paragraph that I liked to, to kind of writing 200, 300 pages. And the answer, the first thing I think that I had to discover is that the barrier to trying was very much in my own head. So it's kind of like, the, what is that saying the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step same with writing a book just write one page or one paragraph at a time and that's kind of what I did I said okay I'll just I'll start my first book and I'll see where it goes and it was like little by little I just added to it and added to it and added to it and the story came together but it just took a long time but the most important thing is to give yourself permission to have a go to just say you know if I don't do it now when will I do it and just begin um, but what's interesting is even after I had written the book and gotten and sent that book away and got an interest from an agent and then the agent, um, liter literary agent, uh, sold it to a publisher and I started seeing, you know, the book cover and stuff like that. Even then I felt 
a little bit like an imposter, like an imposter syndrome. And I suppose even now, I think I've published maybe eight books, seven or eight books. I sometimes I have those moments of self-doubt when I'm writing. I always think this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. Like constantly. (laughs) Everyone I know, and I mean like from prize winning authors, million pound um, best-selling authors, every single person I know has never shaken that part of themselves. There's always going to be that voice that tells you it's not good enough or you can't do it. And I actually think that voice is probably just part of being a creative person. So you can use your creativity to be positive and to write a book, but that creativity can sometimes also go a little bit negative and sort of try and drag you down. And I think for me, a huge part of of stabilizing myself as an author and continuing to write every day is is knowing that that's a voice I created. So I'm I'm able to ignore it if I want to. Um, And also knowing that everybody is in the same boat you know everybody hears these kind of doubtful things and the key is just to ignore it and just go on right on and on and on it's actually more like an inside battle with yourself you just have to be like I can do it and I'm just going to start now and see what happens it's so interesting that even though you have so much success it's still there that little voice and so yeah some kids sometimes I chat to kids all the time about writing and sometimes when that voice takes over they think oh you know I definitely can't do it. That's me telling myself that I can't do it. I just can't do it. So it's so interesting that even when you verifiably have done it multiple times, you still yeah. have to, to battle the bat and, and believe in yourself. And uh, yeah. something else that kids always say to me is they, they don't know if their idea is good or not. So how do you know when you come up with an idea? Yeah, this is the idea I want to write about. I guess you want your idea to last for the entire length of a book. You don't want it to like fizzle out and for you to get bored of it. For me, it's very kind of, um, it just get a, a really good feeling. It's the same feeling I get when I watch a movie that I really like uh, or that when I read a book that I really like. If I have an idea or like the beginning of an idea and I, I feel a little bit excited about it or I feel like, oh, I would love to read this book if it was already written, then I know that I'm onto something. But also a lot of the times ideas start really small. So you might just think, oh, I want to write a story about this character in my head who's really cool. But that's just one character. So uh, a lot of the times I need to let it breathe and see what other ideas come to me. I think, okay, I am definitely going to write a book with this character. But what else? And then over like the days and weeks, it's I call it percolating, letting the ideas drift out and, and form more of a story. And that's okay too. Like an idea can come a little bit at first and then it'll it'll form as I'm writing or as I'm thinking about it. And can you tell us about your next book, which I believe is called The Stormkeeper's Battle, and it is book three in the Stormkeeper trilogy. So it's the end of the trilogy, and it begins, essentially, it opens with um, Fionn Boyle, who's 12 years old, and he lives on Ironmore Island, and he's inherited all of this ancient magic, but it's kind of stuck inside him, so he's full of magic. Um, and he just can't quite figure out how to work it. And meanwhile, we have the ancient evil sorceress Morrigan and her her army rising up from beneath the ocean and surrounding them. And so there's going to be this face off. And essentially, if Fionn doesn't figure out how to uh, how to unlock his own power and defend his family and his island, then essentially the rest of the world is going to fall into chaos at the hands of Morrigan. So it begins with his quest to figure this out and it features um, Anwar the Flying Horse from Irish mythology. He makes his his uh, long-awaited debut in this book and a lot of sort of um, uh, all the island comes together and rises up and uses this ancient magic to sort of make their stand and uh, try and defeat evil for for good. It's really kind of epic. It just felt when I was writing it, it feels really epic. There's a lot of um, a lot of big magic and a lot of high stakes. So it's really, really fun. 
Excellent. I am very excited about that one. And I know a whole load of reviewers who are going to be lining up. <laughs> snatch it. And uh, finally, I would, before we get on to our favorites round, I would love to ask you, what is your top writing tip for kids who want to grow up to be, uh, well, not the next Catherine Doyle, because there's only one Catherine Doyle, but they want to <laughs> and have their take on a mystical fantastical Galway writer I usually give like three tips so the first I always say is read 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 as much as you can as often as you can because I think every time I read a book I absorb some um some of the sort of the phrasing or the talent of that author like I get a feel for storytelling and I think it's a really good and kind of fun way to work on your own creativity uh the second thing is plan your story so if you want to write a story, write down three or four points about what is going to happen or who's going to be in the story. Because when you get into the thick of a story, sometimes you can lose your way. So it's really handy to have a sort of, um, to go back to your list and say, okay, this thing needs to happen. Like almost like a shopping list of scenes or moments that you want to happen. Um, and that's really, really helpful, especially if you want to try to do a longer story, you know, than maybe what you're used to. And then just look for the things that move you in the world. So look for what are your favorite movies or books? What are the 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 characters that you love the most or is there anybody in your real life that really inspires you you know and and just steal them and write them into a book as a different character that's what I do I always steal at least one person from real life and make them into a character because it makes like the stories feel more real so I think you can find inspiration anywhere in your family you can overhear a conversation on the bus it might be a movie that you think oh I could do something like this but with maybe a different character or in a different setting so just keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for inspiration And then it was time to subject Catherine to the grueling We Love Books favourites round. Starting with the very difficult question, what is your favourite colour? Green. Favourite animal? Elephant. Your favourite pizza topping? Pineapple. Favourite <laughs> sweet treat? This one's weird. Um, I love pecan pie. That's really an unusual, hard to get. unusual yeah. one. Hard to get, yes. Mm. What is your favourite hot drink? Coffee straight no milk no sugar it's hardcore <laughs> what is your favorite day of the week uh i like thursday what is your favorite kids book that you didn't write can't believe i can't choose my own um i'd say i'll, I'll give like a, re a more recent one uh rooftoppers by Catherine rondell i think is really fantastic it's about kids who basically run across the rooftops of paris wow. on an adventure cool yeah Favorite kids movie? I think I'm gonna have to just go with Aladdin. And finally, Catherine Doyle, what is your favorite gift you ever got from Santa? Oh wow, my favorite gift from Santa. Ooh. Okay, so this was going way back. I got a Sylvanian families bakery. <laughs> I loved Sylvanian families, and I loved all the little sets. And I had like an old, like 150 year old dollhouse that my great-grandfather made I think so I used to like fill it with Sylvanians and I remember one year I got the bakery and all the all these little cakes and they looked obviously they're plastic but they look delicious and I just remember I'd say I've played with that for years now in 
we love books, it's over to you guys. I wanted to know if you sat down tomorrow to write your own book, what would you write it about? Ten-year-old Daniel tells us about a horrifying tale set in a spooky castle. I started this uh, book, it was set in my ancestors lived in a castle in Donegal and it was set there. In Donegal we go to this creepy pier and we jump up there. It's in ruins. There is like a photo that shows it what it would have looked like. The outside would be a huge like kind of square wall. I kind of made the inside what I would picture it. Red carpets on the floors and like creepy staircases and all and really dark but candlelit. So there was this kid and he woke up one night and he went down to his father's library and found like a lever. It's like a horror story. And he was about to pull the lever when he heard footsteps outside the library and then it goes on from there. And it's very like horrifying. I couldn't really think of a name. I was kind of going on, not really planning things, but just see where it went. And then at the end of the book, I was planning on naming it. So I like the way in Sherlock Holmes, all of his family have like unusual names. So I was just looking around the house and looking for unusual names. And then I was using some Vaseline and then I shortened it and made it Bayzine. So I called his father Bayzine. I really wanted to make a book that was like a mix between like a mystery and a horror story. So that's what I did and there's a villain, but at the middle or end, you'd find out who the villain is. And the father has a servant called Concise who dies at the start. And like Abby was begging me to tell her who the villain was. So she'll have to read the book and find out. Daniel's sister Abby will just have to read the book like the rest of us. Thanks, Daniel. Now that's a book I would love to read. Well, that's it for today's We Love Books. Huge thanks to all the kids who read, reviewed, took part, and to the parents who made it all happen in the middle of a lockdown. Thanks, everyone. We Love Books will be back next week when our featured author is TV personality and former Blue Peter presenter Radzi Chinyanganya, who tells us about his book, Move Like a Lion. I'm Neve Bennett, this is We Love Books, and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.